Good morning. A term I came across recently that I quite like and I found quite appropriate is VUCA. VUCA is an acronym uh, that stands for Volatile, Uncertain, Complex, and Ambiguous. V-U-C-A, VUCA. And it was actually initially coined uh, in the Cold War by the Army to like, train their leaders how to operate in such tense and uncertain times. But now it's used in strategic leadership training for businesses a lot and in training their leaders of organizations to, uh, to move their organizations forward with agility and resiliency and with a non-anxious presence when times are difficult. So to me, VUCA uh, feels like it accurately describes our situation right now. <laughs> it's volatile. Things could blow up at any minute. It's uncertain. We don't know where this came from, how it started, where it's going. And then it's complex. There are so many factors at play. There are so many different things to consider here. And it's ambiguous. How do we move forward? You know, we're experiencing this in the church. You're experiencing it in your family, in your work, in our politics. VUCA is everywhere. We are living in VUCA times. And into this, into our VUCA times, the spirit of truth is given to us to be our helper. Given to us to convict us and to guide us into all truth. That's the promise of Jesus that he gives in our passage this morning. Jesus' promises are always true. He's always faithful to his promise. And so as we dive into the scripture this morning, I want you to know that Jesus is faithful to his word and he will give you help. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles or open another screen to John chapter 16, uh, starting at verse 4b, which someone made up, uh, doesn't really exist as a verse, but uh, there we are, that's where we, what we have today. John chapter 16, 4b through 15. And please do have a Bible or, or the passage in front of you. This is a complex passage. There's a lot packed in here. And I would hate for you to miss out on what God's word has to say to you this morning because you can't follow along. So it's going to really help you to have this in front of you. But to give the context of our passage, where have, has Jesus been coming from as he speaks this to the disciples. John chapters 14 through 16, three chapters in a row, are one continuous monologue that Jesus is teaching his disciples at the Last Supper. Sometimes it's called the Last Supper Discourse in the Gospel of John. And he's been speaking to them, teaching them, and preparing them for what's going to come after he dies and is raised and goes back to the Father. He speaks a lot about the Holy Spirit, he speaks about our relationship with him and, and abiding in him as the vine is in the branches. He speaks about persecutions, what we should expect as we go out into the world as followers of Jesus. Just before our passage, he says that you will be thrown out of the synagogues. You will be persecuted. You will be mocked and derided. That is the way of following after Jesus. That's going to come. So when he starts our passage today by saying, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. 
these things that he's referring to are these persecutions, these sufferings. When Jesus is with them, they have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about, because he's right there physically present with them. But now he's saying he's going to go. He's going to go away and go back to the Father. And what then? Can you imagine the disciples' feeling of uh, they've been told they're being persecuted? Jesus has been their protector, but now he's going away. What then? But he says to them, in a great plot twist, it is to your advantage that I go away. It's for your good that I, your Lord and teacher and master and who will be your savior, that I go away because then the helper will come. The helper is the spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity that Jesus sends at Pentecost. After he is resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the Father, he sends the Holy Spirit into the world. And here he calls it for us, our helper. The word helper is a translation of the Greek word some of us have heard before for the Holy Spirit, paraclete. The paraclete can sometimes be translated helper, as we have here, or advocate, as you might have heard in other translations, or comforter. But the idea of the word is that it's someone who comes alongside as a source of help and strength and support. Jesus is sending help. He's sending an advocate for us. The Spirit of God is given to be our help. God himself, the third person of the Trinity, is with us to help us, to comfort, to advocate for us, as we go out into the world. Jesus is physically absent. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he's here physically no more. But the spirit of Jesus is in every single believer who confesses that Jesus is Lord. So that's why he says it's to your advantage, because he's no longer limited to a physical body. The spirit of Jesus, the same Jesus that that walked with the disciples, is in you. Even now. And he's with us to help. He's with us to convict and to guide and to empower us to go into the world, continuing, carrying on the mission of Jesus in the world as he commissions us to go out and make disciples. So how does the Spirit do that? Jesus goes on in verse 8 saying that he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So these verses, verses 8 through 11, that talk about this conviction, it's pretty complex and pretty confusing. I don't have time to really dive into it. I wish I would, and we can talk about that another time. But briefly, I want to look at that word convict. What is the Spirit's ministry of conviction for us? To convict is to pass a judgment. To say that someone was wrong and here's the sentence that's passed. It's to find a fault. But there's another angle to it that's that's to expose, to bring to light. Uh, in In a courtroom, a conviction is a judgment that is made in accordance with the truth, in accordance with the legal system. The evidence is weighed, all facts are determined, and the actions of a person are determined against what really happened 
and what our legal system says. It's a measurement against the truth. To convict is is a confrontational word. There are no warm fuzzies in that word. The Spirit is not here just to make ourselves feel good about ourselves, but to bring to light what is true, to judge the world in light of what is true, of, in light of reality, to expose things for what they truly are in light of the truth, which is Jesus. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And all things will be measured against him. And we need to remember when we talk about conviction, the spirit's conviction is always different than the devil's condemnation. Conviction is a far cry from condemnation. Condemnation is a word of finality, that there's no more hope, there's no more future. This is your uh, fate. And that's a word of the devil. That's a word of death, where conviction is a word of the spirit that leads us into life. Conviction comes with hope for the future, hope for reformation, hope for something better. The spirit's conviction of us, of the world, is always so that we might find life in Jesus. So the Spirit convicts the world and shows the truth about sin, about righteousness, about judgment. Sin, Jesus defines here as lack of belief in him. That's the core of what sin is, according to Jesus. Righteousness, showing that Jesus, after he goes away to the Father, that he is the righteousness of God, even though they crucified him as an unrighteous criminal. He's vindicated in the Spirit. And he shows the truth and exposes and convicts about judgment because the ruler of this world, Satan, has been judged on the cross. The Spirit of God convicts. And this is how he helps us. His conviction is for our help. The helper always shows us believers the truth about the world, about its idols, and about ourselves. Those of us who are filled with the Spirit, who have that helper with us, are always growing in our vision of what is the way and the truth and the life that is Jesus. And it's showing the idols of the world for all their ugliness and fragility and deceit. And showing us the way of Jesus is a better way. The Spirit Even when the world can't see the truth about itself, the Spirit shows us the truth about the world. Jesus said earlier in John chapter 8 that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. This is the Spirit's ministry for us in conviction. But then he moves on in verse 13. The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. Part of the Spirit's ministry is also to guide us like someone who comes alongside and supports you and walks with you. Guide us into all truth. And Jesus is all truth. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. All truth is only ever found in Jesus. 
he goes on that he will declare to you the things that are to come. The end of verse 13. The Spirit declares to us the things that are to come. This isn't necessarily about telling us our future, about fortune telling for us, but it's about pointing us toward the end goal, which is the reign of Jesus Christ over all things and how he comes and makes all things new. The Spirit will declare to us with greater clarity, with greater purpose and meaning for our lives, that Jesus is coming to reign. That is what is to come. And we always, as people, are shaped by where we are going. We're shaped by our future goal. Our future, our direction, our orientation in life shapes who we are now. It shapes our actions. It shapes our worldviews and our thoughts. So when we are shaped by the Spirit to see that Jesus is coming, Jesus is Lord over all, He's making all things new, that influences me now. That has meaning and purpose into my life now. The Spirit does this for us. Verses 14 and 15 at the end show us this picture of a working relationship within the Trinity, how the Father and the Son and the Spirit work together in a dynamic of bringing truth and guidance to us. All three members of the Trinity are at work here. They're all working for each other's glory and all working for your good. The Spirit speaks with Jesus' authority and he communicates what he hears from Jesus. Jesus, we know, bears the Father's authority and he speaks only what he hears from the Father. So we see this through line of truth from the Father to the Son to the Spirit to you. Declaring truth, bringing light into darkness, convicting and guiding us into all truth. From the heart of the Father to you, the Spirit is your helper. In Christ, by the Spirit, we have everything that the Father desires to give to us. So the Spirit is our helper. The Spirit is our advocate. And he does this by convicting and guiding us into all truth. So the Spirit's work, the ministry of the Spirit that's active in you even now, is to guide you to Jesus. To bring you into more of the life of Christ that he died for your sins to win and was raised to life to conquer death for your sake. The Spirit brings you into that even now. And sometimes I think we need to be honest with this ministry of the Spirit that it doesn't always look like what we want it to look like. I would love for the Spirit to make me be so aware of the life of Jesus that I always am feeling joyful and peaceful and and filled with purpose. But sometimes the Spirit's ministry of convicting and guiding may not always look or feel pleasant, but it's for the sake of bringing us to life in Christ. It's like an, an intervention, when an intervention is needed for someone who's caught in the cycles of addiction and trapped in a lifestyle that they can't escape on their own. Family members and loved ones sit down with them and say, here's what's really going on. Here's how your behavior, your actions have been destructive and hurtful. And here's what's going to happen moving forward. 
There's conviction. There's exposing what's really true. But then there's guidance of, being, of saying, I'm willing to walk alongside you through this. I'm not going to just make you feel bad and leave you there. I'm going to walk alongside you as you pursue healing. The Spirit of God points out in us what is true. And that may not always be fun. Because we have a lot of idols. We have a lot of sinful flesh in us that is pulling us away from Jesus. And when the Spirit points us and drags us and guides us toward Jesus, sometimes we might come kicking and screaming. But he points out what we've been doing that's been destructive and ends up only in death. But then the Spirit, like a loving parent or a best friend, is there with us to guide us into truth and into a better way. Sometimes when a person is trapped, when they're under the power of addiction, drastic and unpleasant interventions are needed to shake them out of their delusions and their addictions. Sometimes drastic measures need to be taken to bring us into what is true, to expose lies and idols and things that are pulling us away from life. Sometimes our lives need to be shaken up a bit. Is this sounding familiar to anyone right now? Or is it just me? We're in a crisis. We're, we're in VUCA times. And maybe the Spirit of God is shaking us up. Exposing what is true about ourselves, about our societies, about the world. So we might see there's a better way, a better path in front of us. Now, I I would not say that God has caused this pandemic. But I do believe that he is the God who works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so I would beg of you to not miss the work of the Spirit in the midst of this crisis the work that is for your help, for your good, for your life in Jesus. The world around us is enmeshed in VUCA. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. It's all around us. We do not know how to move forward. But into our VUCA times, the Spirit speaks and meets us and always points us toward Jesus by bringing light into darkness, by exposing what is true, by showing us more of reality that Jesus is Lord. And the Spirit empowers us to bring Jesus' message into the world, to continue his mission of making all things new under his authority. The Spirit of God is our helper. And sometimes for us, the best time to receive help is when we are at the end of our rope. And maybe you are feeling at the end of your rope. Maybe you are just feeling worn down by two months of quarantine, 
of homeschooling, of job insecurity. The Spirit is your helper in these times. And Jesus wants to give you more of the Spirit. Jesus wants to be your help. He wants to fill you with his Spirit more and more. We can never have enough of him. We who already confess that Jesus is Lord already have the Spirit present in us and with us. But we are always encouraged to ask for more. To ask for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to fall on us, to renew us, to re-envision and reorient us as he points us toward Jesus. Because Jesus still desires to pour out his Spirit upon all flesh, upon you. To show you that no matter what, no matter how much VUCA you are living through, that Jesus is your rock. Jesus is your strength. Jesus is your only hope for eternal life. He alone is your peace, your security, your strength. Your only satisfaction. And you have a helper to bring you to him. The Spirit of God wants to help you know Jesus with ever-growing clarity and love. And to know the life of Jesus and that peace that passes all understanding. The Spirit is helping you to that. So as we close, I want to just pray for this, for you, for me, for all of us. And I want to pray that the Spirit would be poured out anew and afresh upon you. So if you're willing, I want to just ask you to to be open to receiving what God has for you. And maybe put yourself in a posture of of receiving. Sometimes it's helpful to, to hold out your hands in a posture of willing to receive what God has for you. So let me pray for us. Jesus, we know that you desire to send your spirit to us. We know that you desire to fill us, to flood our hearts and minds and bodies with your presence that is our help to convict us of sin and righteousness and judgment and to guide us into all truth. So I pray, Lord, that you would do that now. I pray that for each person watching right now that we would receive more of you. Because your heart is to give yourself to us over and over and over again. You poured out your life for us on the cross. and You conquered death for our sake. And you desire to give yourself to us even more right now. So come Holy Spirit, be poured out upon all of us. Be poured out in your power, in your truth, in your light that shines into dark places. Fill us, empower us, strengthen us for these times. We need you. We need you, Lord. And we give you thanks because you are always faithful and always good. And we have life in you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen.